Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have a special guest, Ethan and Stephanie Bull. And here's the crazy thing. We were talking beforehand, and I believe I'm going to say it right. It's Pro Assisted Building. Is that the name of your business? Or what's the name of your business? I think I butchered it. Pro Assisting. Pro Assisting. Got it. It's Pro Assisting. And I found out something else that's kind of interesting. So I met them through my good friend, Justin Breen. He introduces me to a lot of really cool people. But they also know my really good friend, and he's been on the show as well, Kelly Cardenas. But Ethan and Stephanie, tell us a little bit about what you do, how you help people, you know, break the six-figure barrier. Like, we were talking a little bit in the back or beforehand, but I, I want the people to know kind of, you know, your story and where you're, where you're, you're where, with what you're doing. Wow. And I promise that I will get better with what I say. <laughs> Go ahead. You can start. Um, well, we um, help um, business owners, um, non-executive board members. Um, uh, I cannot. I can never say the word entrepreneur, and I say it wrong every time. It's really embarrassing, and I should get better at saying that. But um, we provide um, remote executive assistance to those people. So typically, people that have had executive assistance in the past and um, are looking to leverage the support of someone like us to um, so they can focus on their tasks to make money. Cool. So my first thought with this is, is when should you get one? Because there's a lot of entrepreneurs. It's a 90% fail rate. And then, you know, as you're growing and scaling, when do you suggest when someone comes to go, hey, I'm starting my business, should they be at a certain amount income wise or maybe just task wise? How do you approach that? Yesterday. Yesterday. That's no. it. Just yesterday. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, the Harvard Business Review says that the first person you should bring into your business is an executive assistant. The beauty about where we are right now is there are so many different kinds at so many different price levels that it actually is within reach. Uh, you can start with a, with a virtual assistant from overseas. And then as your business grows, you have those systems and processes in place that you can then bring someone in maybe from the States if it's if you need someone in your time zone and you get a little bit better support and you build more systems and more processes. And then we are playing more at the high end of that, that space. We really mm -hmm. fill the gap between where a virtual assistant would be and a full-time executive assistant. And um, one of the new ways that I've been trying to explain what we do, we're kind of like a concierge at, at a five-star hotel that actually knows everything about you and can act on your behalf. Um, so that's, that's kind of what an EA does. Um, we, we really fall into five performance multipliers, which business partner, chief of staff, project manager, assistant slash scheduler, and personal assistant. So this is like, in, I'm going to say it this way and I might be saying it wrong. So like a VA, is someone that does like a lot of task but with an executive assistant, it's almost like an upgraded VA. You empower them to do other aspects of your business. Am I understanding this correctly? That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So 
Yeah, and you say you can just start out at well, how did you guys even get into like hooking people up with VAs and executive assistants? What even got you into because it's not the sexy part of the business. It's a very practical and needed part of the business, but it's not like the sexy thing. No one goes and goes, hey, I want to be a VA filler. Like that doesn't like pop on the top 10 list normally. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So um, so we are both, we were both career executive assistants um, in New York City before we launched our business. So we had bosses and um, I worked for several years um, in the hedge fund industry for uh, two different CEOs. And I worked in fashion um, for um, a CEO there as well. And, um, and Ethan worked in marketing and entertainment. Um, and then he moved on to healthcare. So basically um, when we relocated from New York city to upstate New York, the Finger Lakes area, uh, we realized quickly that there were very few positions of the caliber we were used to in New York City. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, after a couple years of, of working in healthcare, um, Ethan left that and I sort of started working with one person, um, a consultant, and we launched Pro Assisting. No, I love that. So you had a skill set. It's yep. kind of like the same thing I do with sales. I, I was really good at sales and I was crushing sales numbers, winning awards. And I did the trips and then people started saying, hey, help me with this. How can you help? And it was just like it built from there. That's kind of how my mind works with it. Mm -hmm. But so how do you attract? Because you said you're in the higher end. So I'm assuming you have a target group, an ideal client that you work with. So for someone to come and work with you, I'm assuming they're probably making six figures or more to bring in an executive assistant level compared to maybe someone just starting out more on the VA. Do you like have a referral program for them for like just the lower entry VAs or do you, I, I guess I'm trying to ask them, this is a long way to do it. Do you niche down with what you do or do you help like a wide range? I, I actually handle most of the sales uh, for the business and um, we do not have a referral partner on the lower end, but I freely provide advice for prospects who come to us who aren't right for us. You know, our agreements are month to month. So it's in both our interest and the client's interest to make sure that we're aligned before we decide to work together. If we're not, we're putting in a lot of work up front to get onboarded. And then that all goes away when it just doesn't work. For us, we the minimum that we charge for one third the resources of an assistant is $3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. So at $36,000 for the year, if I'm talking to a solopreneur, I really want to see them making more than half a million dollars a year yep. in revenue to justify that kind of spend. Mm -hmm. And we work from people like that all the way up. We have a CEO who's, uh, whose business is being a general contractor and for, for industrial, and they do a hundred million a year in revenue. And he's never had an assistant before us. So it's you. It's funny when you find someone like that who's gotten so far mm -hmm. without great support, and then when they get that support, they and they they learned they learn instead of micromanaging, they can delegate. Yeah. It uh it's it, then it becomes like a fire hose of wait I want to delegate this and I want to delegate that. <laughs> yes. I don't need to do this and I don't need to do that. Yeah. No, that makes sense because. I think too many times, and you can tell me because you've been in business for a while now, too many times I think entrepreneurs try to go too wide. They try to do all this stuff and touch everyone and help everyone. And you can't do that. You found your spot. You said, and if I'm not the right fit, 
I'm going to, you know, say, hey, do this instead. But you also had a, I call it a sales customer journey at the beginning, your onboarding process. Hey, if you work with me, it costs this, but here's the value add. So no, I, I like that a lot. Did you get that from just being executive assistants or how did you even come up with that strategy? Because a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to don't have that in place. I actually, um, I, I, I had a sales coach for four months and it was, his approach was consultative selling. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not a salesperson at heart. And fortunately, we don't have to make quota and that pressure isn't hanging over our head. Mm -hmm. So um, we can we can kind of ditch the commission breath, if you will. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> and 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 just want to help people because I look at it as if this person who is not the right fit for us, but I treat them right and I connect them with great support, either they're going to come back when they are ready for us or they're going to come across someone else who's ready for us. And so I we're playing the long game. You know, um, we, we did a very similar thing that a lot of other people do is we took our career expertise and we turned it into a productized service. Mm -hmm. um, first, to fill ourselves up with clients and actually do the work and prove the model. And we yep. did that in 2018, 2019, 2020. And then now it's more about um, doing it with other executive assistants and helping them create their own six-figure business by productizing what they do um, as executive assistants. And, and we've walked over 80 people, 80 assistants through that process. Oh, nice. So you not only, so you have the twofold. So you have the people that you bring in that maybe they're wanting to break that six-figure barrier they haven't yet, but they have a skill set like you did or that you yeah. can maybe train. Maybe they're not, you know, like there's a process, I'm sure. And then you connect them with people that need. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm a relationship sales guy. I'm like, my friend George Bryant calls me a unicorn. I am not your Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not your hounding ground. I build relationships and I outsell the people that use the tricks, the tactics and all the stuff. Cause I don't like it. I like just talking like we're talking here. This is what it is. This is what we do. If I can help you, great. If not, cool. But the other thing you said there that I loved and you said you're not in sales, but you hit a key point with it is you're indifferent to it. You don't have to sell them. That's why they don't get that feeling of sales. They get that feeling of, you guys are helping them. And that's a huge key. So I wanted to make sure people were listening. I know he said he wasn't a salesperson, but that is like the primo major thing you can do because if you're indifferent to it and you're just offering help, it takes that pressure off and makes it be more rewarding for you as well. But no, I love that a lot. Well, yeah, I, it, I'll, I'll just add it was not easy it, it, getting there. And it was an evolution. I mean, it's, it's, we, it's amazing how the difference between when we first started out and every, you know, every sale was like, Oh my mm -hmm. God, please, please. And there's not that there was like a note of desperation, but it's so um, rewarding to feel like, like, as you say, indifferent. Um, that's a good, a good term for it um, rather than a point of, of hunger or desperation. Well, walk me through that because I love the, I love the journey. Like when seeing people, when they start out and in the beginning, you said, you know, all these sales were important. And like for a lot of people listening to this show, either they're first time sales professionals, first time entrepreneurs. And then some of my friends listen to it. They're super successful too. But like, I know my, my, my group here, how did you navigate that? Because you don't want to sell on sales. I know you got the coach, but were there like, how did you go from there to where you are now? 
what 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 else did you do be 5k coach or did the coach just do it no um it was when you when you make that transition from working as a w2 employee to kind of hanging your shingle that's what i call it um it's easier in the very beginning because you're selling you mm-hmm. I, like when when it was me or Stephanie talking to a potential client in the beginning, they were looking at our LinkedIn profile. They were talking to us and we were able to say, you get us. We're Mm -hmm. the one who's doing the work. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until we both had three clients each that we then had to have an assistant profile in front of a potential client or be ready to introduce that person to a potential client and and not and where the where the pressure kind of ramped up a little um it, it's it's always easier in the beginning it you go through a dip you go through the beginning it's easier because it's you and then you dip down because that desperation can creep in mm-hmm. and 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 then as you start to gain traction and get more clients it then doesn't it matters in a, in a more game or numbers perspective on a spreadsheet, as opposed to, can I put food on the table? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the rub. Um, you know, but if you want to just get three or four clients for yourself and clear six figures and do it for 10 years and move out of a big city as, because you had, had to be there as an executive assistant. Now, now you can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Working remotely. I mean, obviously that's the thing now. So it's easy to explain to potential uh, clients now, um, as opposed to before COVID where yeah. it was like, work, work remotely. You mean someone doesn't have to be sitting right outside my, my office. Um, so now they get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that aspect. And I love what you said there because it's life by design. You know, there's some people listening to this show that just, maybe they want to have three to five clients, but they make six figures and they can do what they want. Or like you, it sounds like you guys got that. Like, you know what? We want to scale this more, help other people and build a life we want. So let's talk about the interviewing part. This is the thing that intrigues me. How do you hire your first person? Because this is your baby. So when you come to a company, you're like, hey, I'm going to bring you this value. How did you start hiring? Because I know there's always that. How do you pick the right person? Do you have like a step in the process system in place? Or how do you do that? Um, well, the first thing is, I mean, really looking the LinkedIn profile for us, um, you know, um, having a recent professional looking photo, um, making sure that there are no typos in the experience and education, um, and the skills. Um, and then honestly, after that, a, a phone call is either zoom or just, just a regular phone call, because I, I know Ethan, um, really takes the lead on all of our vetting assistants, but um, you'd be surprised at the people that are really good on paper and are mm-hmm. super, you know, robotic, no smile in their voice on the phone or, you know, no personality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can't have that. Um, so, um, and conversely, you know, there's some, there's some people that might have an okay uh, LinkedIn profile with experience that's, not quite at, at the caliber we're used to, but you get them on the phone and they're awesome and you can just, you know, talk forever and um, just that personality comes through and and that's what we're looking for. 
Yeah, no, yeah, I love they that. Also, they also know um, they can read the room and they know when they're talking too much and um, they have that self-awareness. Uh, both Stephanie and I, I mean, I, we... We hated to say it when we started our business, we had 35 plus years of experience and now we're at 45 plus years of experience combined between the two of us. And we both led teams of assistants and that's sitting on the other side of the table. That's doing the interviewing, that's negotiating the offer, that's getting them onboarded. Um, and in those situations, it was a lot of work and we you need to make the right call. Mm -hmm. um, it's tough to say, but a lot of it, if, if they have the hard experience, um, that what we're mostly looking for is, is the emotional intelligence, the soft skills, the work ethic, um, the specificity in the stories that they tell about their previous companies, principles, um, you know, can say a lot, uh, and listening for that, um, you know, a lot of companies, some of them use personality tests and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes I can, we can see how that can be beneficial, but um, really it, it, it comes down to, in the end, two things, feeling in the gut and, and, and after checking the boxes on the experience and stuff, um, but also really being truly aligned on what is being required of them. And our agreement with our partner EAs is so detailed and it's become more detailed over the years because we've run into certain instances mm -hmm. um, that, you know, that they sign on the dotted line for. And we are not shy about saying this is the responsibility. And it goes both ways because once they agree to that responsibility, we hold the clients responsible and so we get to play bad cop with the clients mm -hmm. when they're trying to take advantage of the assistant and the assistant doesn't have to get involved in that. Um, now, if they're hanging their own shingle, we got to coach them and talk to them about how to handle those difficult conversations and make sure that you're aligned before you grab hands and jump off the cliff with someone. So, um, you know, you don't want to let someone yes you to death and just say, yes, 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 yes. And, and you really need to be uh, forthright around what the expectations are. And we feel that sometimes when we even lose a great assistant because they're like, well, I am always gonna go for my walk from two to 3.30 every single day and I'm not gonna be available. And we're like, well, that's just not how it works with pro assisting. Um, you may go out and find individual clients that work that way that, mm -hmm. and can work for you but that's not going to be the fit for us. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And by the way, it's so funny because you get, you said you're not a salesperson, but you just dropped another one. If you get yes, 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 all the time, that means that they're not even paying attention to you or they're just trying to get you out the door. So I love these little <laughs> tips that he keeps throwing out. I'm not a salesperson, but I'm, but I'm sales selling you. <laughs> yeah, you got me. You must have had a good I know I must have had a really good coach. No, it, it's just it's just good. I, I I like this aspect of it. Let's do this because I want to shift to more of how you guys built the business and stuff. But where can people find you at? 
Uh, we're both really active on LinkedIn and uh, proassisting.com. Uh, there you can take a look at our book. We've got a lot of content on our blog and um, we've been on a lot of podcasts and we've been featured in some national media, which has been great. So there's a lot of information, testimonials, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, and, and we are launching the Pro Assisting Academy right now, which is um, not forward facing yet, but we are launching our first cohort. And, and that's been really fun and interesting and, and stressful and all of that. Um, but it's another revenue stream for us as a business owner um, that we feel uh, aligns with what our service side of the business is. Perfect. No, I love that. Because what I want to do now is, so so pretty much if they want to work for you, they can find you that way. Or if I have someone listening that needs an executive assistant that meets at half a million dollar a year or more mark, reach out, they can work with you. But I want to dig into this because you guys have been in business, if I heard you right, 10 years now? Well, well, pro assisting in its current form since 2018, mm -hmm. but we actually did start it in 2009 as a training program when we were living in New York City too. Mm -hmm. While we were still working. So yeah, we so like the evolution. No, no, I get yeah, that exactly because the evolution, right? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like I still work for a Fortune 100 company. I still crush it all day long, and I've been taking on clients and training their sales teams and using the skill set. So like I'm about five years behind you in some of this aspect of I'm going in and fixing this problem and they get me at the moment. So I understand right. that. And now you've evolved into the other. So how do you guys develop yourselves? And how do you, well, for, that's the first question. How do you guys develop yourselves? Like, how do you level up? I would, for me, um, well, we're fortunate in that we've both been doing this at a really high level for a really long time. So our dinner conversations are around, what did you deal with today? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Stephanie was dealing with these, you know, ultra, ultra high net worth individuals and all of their properties and private jets and estates and everything. And I was dealing with crazy ad people, um, you know, um, and so we've, definitely bounced off of each other. Um, and then um, I leverage an RSS reader to stay on top of technology and um, what's going on in the assistant space, um, what's going on in the startup world. Um, so, uh, you know, that's how I kind of follow things. And then, um, you know, and, and, and I'm just naturally inclined and Technology is an interest as well as entrepreneurship. Um, but how do you how do you stay sharp? Well, I I think that's a really good question because um, it is tough in in our role because um, we are industry agnostic. So you know, like I said, you know, Ethan worked in one industry. I worked in finance and and fashion, and um, it's it's not like you have sort of this like group of people, like a conference you go to every year, or, you know, it, it's a, it's an odd network. You have to find the people. And when we lived in New York, I had quite a few friends in different industries that did, did my job and we would get together and, and talk about stuff and vent and, you know, mm -hmm. yep, you know, yep. have some of that camaraderie, of course. But, um, I think honestly, um, 
because of sort of that lack of um, a traditional support network, I think really this is why, you know, the Pro Assisting Academy, that's part of why we're launching it is because it is really difficult when you want to get better at your job and level up, as you said, and, but you just don't know where to go and there are not a lot of resources for it. So, yeah. Do you guys, are you guys like part of masterminds or connection groups that help you in that regard too, or just more of, I don't know if I want to use the word self-care or how do you recharge because your business you're together and your business all the time, but you can't be business all the time. So what do you guys like to do to like, I go on a walk, I'll do a stillness practice. Do you guys like have a daily routine that helps you? Or are you guys just good? Like Hermosi and I always say his wife's name wrong. So I won't try it. Um, where they Layla. just go Layla. Yeah. Thank you. Where they just go. What, what, what style do you guys have? Oh, I, I cannot just go. I mean, I definitely need breaks. I'm a, I'm a big t- taking walks person several a day um i know it's a cliche but being in nature just green we have so many beautiful areas around us and our backyard is like an oasis as well um i do yoga meditation that helps a lot Mm -hmm. um yeah i i would say that well what's interesting about us and um is that we've we've worked this business to where there's we've kind of found our own lanes Mm-hmm. And so we're separate most of the day. And that's how Alex and Layla do it too. They're not, they're not in the same room focusing on the same things. Yeah. And, um, you know, Stephanie has, uh, is, is, has clients still, I have a client still. So we still work that side of the business as well. We're not completely out. Um, and, um, you know, we, we put a priority on date night, um, date nights, getting out. We love to socialize with friends and we live in somewhat of a small town so we can go out with no plans and come home and have had a full night with meeting so many different people. Um, we're really good at, um, having the business conversation when we need to, and then Mm -hmm. letting it go and turning it off. Um, you know, we did in the beginning, probably 18, 19, 20, 21, it was, uh, okay, let's not talk about the business anymore right now. Yep. A lot of that has kind of, kind of gone to the wayside just cause we, we know there's a couple of things we need to check off and have those quick conversations. And we're usually really decisive both in the business and in our personal lives. Like, where do we want to go on vacation? Well, let's just go here. This looks great. Fine. Book it. Um, and, and we're kind of the same way business-wise, very, um, decisive, um, you know, and sometimes that bites in the butt. Sometimes it doesn't, most of the time it doesn't for us at least. Um, so yeah. But I, I, and I will say, cause it is sometimes challenging when you live together, you work together, we have our business, our family. Um, there will be times when I'm like, you know what? I just, I can't talk about the business right now. Give me an hour, whatever. And he, and he respects that, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just, you gotta just clear, clear your headspace sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I love that. So like, I'm a nature nut too. So I'm like, I'm always going out in nature. I'm with you. If I can get outside, go for walks, I do that. But I love the dynamic that you have with it. It's not like, 
it's it's like I'm seeing you building, like I'm I'm listening to your story and just picturing it in my head. You're in New York, you're hustle bustle doing all this stuff. You're like, we don't want that. So you start doing your other thing. Now you're in a small town, which is a completely different feel than what you would have in New York City. So this is kind of a funny question because I grew up in a small town and now I live in Dallas, Fort Worth, which is pretty big. How have you adapted to what I would call small town life? And do you like the feel of it better or do you miss the hustle and bustle of New York? Um, I, well, it's two-sided. I, I don't miss the hustle bustle of New York. I was there a few months ago seeing friends and I don't miss that crazy nonstop lifestyle. Everything is stressful and expensive and noisy. I don't miss that at all. Um, I do miss the anonymity of the city. Um, it's great living in a small town because it's a really tight knit community and Mm -hmm. everyone knows you. Um, but sometimes I want to go somewhere where someone doesn't know my name, um, or, or know me. (laughs) Um, so uh, it's just, it's a balance. I mean, we're really good about, about traveling and, and, and exploring and, um, and doing things, um, especially in cities where we, um, experience that lifestyle again, but you, I think he misses the hustle bustle of New York more than I do. Yeah, no, I always love being in a big city. We were recently in Chicago. Uh, Toronto is close to us. Uh, always love visiting New York, Boston. Um, love it, but I was in New York 20 years. It was enough. Um, frankly, you know, we're sitting a block away from where I grew up as a kid. I mean, these streets I was riding my bikes on when I was second, eighth, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade and, and beyond. And now our kids are doing the same thing. And it's it's all about it's all about the kids right now. Um, mm-hmm. We have an eight year old and a 12 year old. And while running this business is crazy and everything, being home when our eight year old gets off the bus or our 12 our year old walks in the side door is uh, quite fantastic. Um, and, and they see us running this business. They hear us having these conversations and my eight-year-old knows how many clients we have, you know, (laughs) and, oh, did you get another one, dad? Or, oh, you lost one, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's, and that's, that's kind of cool too. Yeah. I mean, having the, yes, having the lifestyle that we do right now, it's just, it's priceless and no, it's. I love it. We wouldn't have done this because we wouldn't have been able to have the breathing space with the high cost of living in New York to make the transition. And that's the thing that I think a lot of your listeners may be able to take away from this is if you are going to take your expertise and hang a shingle, there's a lot of planning that can go in prior to making that switch. And it doesn't have to be a switch. It could be a dimmer, Mm -hmm. um, which you're doing. You know, but having your personal relationships in order, being on the same page with your partner, understanding where your kids are in their lives, and then finances, really understanding where your finances are, having that nine month, um, you know, see you later money where Mm -hmm. you can say see you later and you're good for nine months and it's just liquid and there and ready and you're okay to use it because you know you'll you have the discipline to fill it back up um all those things play a role in in being able to make a transition like like we've done for our partner eas and ourselves 
Um, and that's part of the reason why we're going into the training side of the business is to really make sure people are asking themselves the right questions, being honest with themselves, maybe having some difficult conversations to be ready and have that foundation and, and, and do it in a methodical, true business way. No, I, I, I really like that because a lot of times I hear the burn the boats, do the thing. And I'm like, no, no, the practicality, what you said. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about it, rewind this part and listen to it and write this down because you don't want to put yourself in a position where you are overly stressed. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you can't see the end at, of the, like that whole aspect of it, because, and, and funny thing, do you, do you know the story of burn the boats where they always talk about Cortez burnt the boats? Well, yeah. So they couldn't go back and they yeah. had to go forward. And, and yeah, that's that term. Um, yeah. But it's I, out of context. It's out of well, context. It's out of context because if they go back to Havana, they're all killed. They told right. him, if you come back, you're dead. He took right. the least risky option. So right. they're saying this thing, but he's taking the least risky right. option, not the most risky. That's just, sorry. It just made me so laugh. I, just showed like, I did not know what the heck I was talking about. <laughs> No, but that's that's a really good point. So that was the least risky option. And and for me, I come across executive assistants who are like, you know, I got to quit my job because I know we're going to get bought and they're going to fire me. And I'm like, well, have you heard of a severance package? Do you know what that can do for you? Can you prepare yourself now so you're ready to either say sayonara when you need to, or wait until they show you the door and say, sign on this dotted line and we hand you this check. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's all that to consider and every situation's unique. Mm -hmm. So it's about building the life you want. It's not, I don't subscribe to the one size fits all where you had to go either all the way in or you had to do the corporate ladder whatever. Like my show is just pretty much build the life you want. That's what I want. You want to break six figures. You want to do it the corporate way. Great. You want to start your own business. Great. You want to be a hybrid. Great. What works for you? And I think if people can get to the point where they plan it out and it's a life they love, like you get to do your kids get to be on the streets you grew up in. That's cool. You know, a lot of people don't get to do that. Like a lot of people get stuck in this role and that's where they are. So no, I, I, I love the practicality of it. I love the aspects of it. I have a fun question I like to ask and I've never had two people on at once. So you're my first dual guest. So like I had my friends from Content is Profit, but they wanted to do dueling once we did it separate. So you both get to answer it. Don't care who answers it first, but you can go back in time as far as you want. You can go forward in time as far as you want. You get to stay one year meet one person, learn everything you can from them and bring it back to the now. Where would you go? What would you learn? And who would the person be? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I guess I would say... Can it, it does, it doesn't have to be a famous person. No, no rules. It can be whoever you want. Like I've had people go back and talk to themselves. I had people go back and talk to their grandfather. I've had people go back and talk to Ben Franklin, like no rules. I had a few people go into the future just because they wanted to see something. So they made something up, but they had like this super thing they wanted. I mean, the first 
thing that came to mind for me was um, it's more of a personal thing, but I would like to go in the future and see hopefully a, a grandchild um, and talk to them and, and see like, like, what is, what is our world like right now? What, where are we with technology? Where, do, where does the climate, are we living in a bubble because, you know, are we living in our own bubbles because we can't survive and, you know, the earth mm -hmm. anymore? That, I mean, that's where I go. Um, I, I guess that's kind of dark, but, um, but not, I, I mean, I, I'm hoping that our children's generation will help solve the climate crisis. So. Mm -hmm. No, I like it. Uh, it. Again, no rules. This is why I love this question. You can go forward you can go backwards. There's no rules. I mean, I guess it's along the same lines. Um, I would just love to chat with myself at 90 years old because one, I want to get there. Um, there was a part of my life where I, it, growing old was not a priority. And now I'm turning 50 this year and growing old is a huge priority. Mm -hmm. And, and I really want to be able to look, ask myself, well, at 90, how was it? Um, you know, and a couple of things that that brings to mind, we, we, we tell our kids, you know, the purpose of life is to meet all of your responsibilities and have as much fun as possible. So I want to make sure that they're, they did that. They're doing that. Um, and they're meeting their responsibilities. Um, I I'm really interested to see where this business journey takes us over the next 10 years and, and what it can do and where we can go. Um, I'm also like Stephanie interested to see there's this idea around, um, are you, are you, I'm going to screw it up, but are you a wizard or are you a prophet? And the prophet is someone who's saying, you know, we, you know, if you take something like climate change, you're saying we got to do everything right now, you know, to stop this and whatnot, where the wizard is saying, we're going to invent things that we have no idea about mm -hmm. that is going to turn back the clock on where we are with the environment as it downpours outside of our room right here. Um, you know, so that stuff really fascinates me um, and, and, and whatnot. So, you know, and the other thing is, is, um, you know, I, I, I hold on to uh, stoicism and the idea that um, it, it sounds morbid, but if you contemplate death on a daily basis, you are grateful or are really it, it allows you to be grateful for what you have mm -hmm. um and so um you know being able to talk to myself at 90 would be um would be fantastic and and it just you know i would i would love to have that opportunity and a lot of it's again i'm, I'm hope i hope my wife is with me i hope our kids are doing well and, and, and have been meeting their responsibilities and, and having as much fun as possible. And you answer that. I mean, what else? I don't know. I mean, no, I love it. I, I love it. And you both are future thinking. It just, it opened me into your world more because some people are very reflective and bad. And you're just like, and I've never heard the wizard and the prophet thing. I think when you said that I lean toward, toward the wizard might be because I'm into fantasy and all profits in my mind. I think doom wizard, I think, 
cool, crazy, Gandalf, whatever. Like, that's just where my mind goes. But no, I, I love that. And I always joke with my wife. I was like, you know what? There's enough technology. I'm going to live to be 120. And you had to live with me. She goes, I don't know if I want to do 120. But, you know, <laughs> I figure 120, I made it a lot longer than most people. It'd be cool if I do great. If not, by the way, I had no idea you were 50. I thought you guys were maybe in your late 30s, maybe early 40s, maybe. So you're doing oh, well there. Good, babe. Thanks. Yeah, yeah we'll take that. <laughs> So before I let you go, is there anything we miss? Any words of wisdom, any insights you want to leave to someone that's listening to this show that maybe we haven't touched on? Mine would be, I mean, things always take longer than you think. And if you can have that patience, um, along with practicing gratitude, mm-hmm. um, but patience is is key and and i'm grateful for my wife because she definitely reminds me of that because i can be very impatient especially around the business and and things come in seasons patience helps if you take the long view you can't lose you know and celebrating the small milestones you know and and it's great to have a, a goal um but you know, realize that it, it is a journey and there are many, many stepping stones along the way. And you do have to um, reward yourself and even in small ways just to help motivate you. Yeah, I love that. I love that both. Stephanie and Ethan, thank you all for being on the show. And for all of you, listen to what they said. Take the long game, celebrate your wins, plan it out, build a life that you love that works for you. Because at the end of the day, you want to be 90 or 120, looking back at your kids and family and enjoying life that you built together. No rules, but your rules, because it's your life to live. So until next time, go be legendary and have an amazing day.